Yo, 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 what's good? Addicts gang, we are back today with a NFL Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we're going to be talking trades. Um, yeah, Frank, I believe, has some big, big trades prepared and we're just going to break them down. Um, so I will introduce the man, the myth, the beast himself, Frank Sicalese. How's things, man? How you been? Yeah, I've been good, Andy. Uh, it's been, a, I mean, what, a couple of weeks been on the pod talking dynasty fantasy football. I have missed um your beautiful vocals. Um but it's good to be back getting the uh listeners some dynasty content for their off season. Um dynasty trades, massive, massive part of, you know, winning a championship. It's not all about picking the players in the draft. It's certainly not about picking which players are going to be better than others during the season because no one can actually efficiency. Except for you, Joel, you're the man. Um but yeah, I've got a few trades that I've uh, managed to find off Twitter that I'd like to look on. That'll, you know, some, maybe some uh, value checks and price checks on some interesting players that we've got um, at the moment. Joel, how are you, mate? It's good to uh, see you back on the pod. You've been so deep, so dearly missed. Yeah, good. That was a big, big intro. All I heard was "I'm the man." Um... And that's all I really needed to hear. I'm happy to talk some trades tonight, Frank. Um, yeah, you. We obviously didn't pick your trades because you send horrible ones. But um, glad to see you found some off Twitter that might be, you know, beneficial to both parties. I have one of those, Frank. Um, before Frank replies, um. Follow the podcast on Twitter at the FB Addicts and the Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Um, make sure you're following the podcast on Spotify. Um, give us a five-star rating if you enjoy. It always helps us out and spread the word. Um, but just before we dive into Frank's delicious, delicious trades, Joel, what assets are you um, – what, you, what assets are best to acquire and sell Right now in the dynasty off season. So um just for the listeners, what should they be trying to acquire and what should they try be trying to sell? Andrew, you stole my idea. I was gonna say that. Oh really? You're all over it. We got like uh what's that word? We're joined at Mind the... connection. Yeah. No, it's what does mum say? It's a saying. You know it's joined at the hip or no, something. No, it's like Great minds think alike, Frank. There we go. Uh, well, yeah, what's, yeah your, that's it. what's your big answer? My big answer, Andrew. Yeah, one of his. I don't, I don't care who. One of his. Um, no, well, I think we, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about like off-season trades and sort of what our strategy and stuff should be around this time. Um, obviously, a lot of rookie drafts are finished, um, trying to get a Possibly, you may be able to get a hold of some of these rookie rookies that you like at a cheaper price than they were before the draft. That sometimes happens in leagues, depending on um, your league mates. But then there's also it can go the opposite, where a team's drafted a rookie they really like, and they're pretty much just going to hold on. You're not going to get very fair value for those players. Um, I would suggest to fantasy football players to go and you know acquire 2024 pick. Um, always looking like a good draft. Um, always happens at the end of every rookie draft. They go, this next one's going to be even better. Um, but that's going to be too difficult. Um, I think 2025 picks is probably going to be your best bet. Um, get ahead of the game. Start acquiring some picks. Um, if you Even if you're a competing 
Washington team, you've got a lot of pieces. Um, if you're able to consolidate some pieces, convert some of that into some draft capital as well, just to extend um, the longevity of your dominance, um, it's definitely something teams should look at doing. Um, but yeah, I'm not looking at my lineup just yet. I'm not worried about who I'm going to start at my third running back position or my fourth flex or if I need, you know, to get a third quarterback. Now is not the time to be doing that. Um, let the train, let training camp play out. And, you know, if you're going to pay up for some, you know, wide receiver twos or, you know, running back twos and stuff like that that aren't going to be in good situations, wait until the season actually starts and you know that you're going to get production as opposed to just, you know, um, going and mate, taking a massive gamble on some of these players. What do you think, Joel? What are you trying to do aside gonna, from making terrible trades? I'm going to flip your question with a question. Frank, what's the what's the asset you don't really want to have on your dynasty team? Like, I know everyone's going to say, like, you know, old oh, running backs. backs. But running backs score points, and the old ones are generally the more established ones that are, you know, safer. You, you know, your Saquon Barkley's, your Christian McCaffrey's. I know they're not old, but they're, you know, older. Your Derrick Henry's of the world. But these are the best running backs for fantasy, you know, in a one-year window. Um, Are they, like, are they really the worst kind of assets to have? Like, you know, they're going to help teams win now. Are the more riskier assets, like, you know, younger players who haven't really proven to be elite, like, you know, the upcoming rookies in this class? Like, you know, are we really sure that, you know, all four young rookie rookie wide receivers are going to hit. Like you know, are we sure that yeah. they're going to be stars? Yeah, I actually tend to agree with what you're saying, Joel. Not just the rookies, but some of these young wide receivers. Um, you know, players like a couple of guys on my team, to be honest, Armin Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, you know, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins. A lot of these guys, you can't get them for less than you know first round pick. And although they're really, really good, we're not certain that they're actually going to be like point of difference making wide receivers, like wide receivers that finish inside the top five consistently. We don't know that they're going to be a Stefan Diggs, a Devontae Adams, you know, Antonio Brown of past, but that's like all-time great, you know, Julio Joneses. We don't know that these players are going to give you that kind of, you know, value at the wide receiver position, like the AJ Greens of past. We're not certain that they're actually going to be as good as those guys. But the price tags for them are absolutely absorbent, um, which is fine. If you've got them on your team, like you're definitely happy to have them. I'm not advocating for you to go and sell them. But if there is an asset that is that you may be able to exploit um, value-wise, it's definitely that kind of tier um, of wide receiver. You know, even in our recent Dynasty League, Joel, um, I got an offer of Stefan Diggs plus for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba hasn't played a snap in the NFL. Now, although I do value JSN ahead of Stefan Diggs, it's more of an age thing, better fit for my team. But we know for certain that Stefan Diggs is good. We don't know for certain that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be, you know, an elite wide receiver. Um, so they're probably the asset that may be overvalued at this time of the offseason, especially in the offseason. Players love to have young players on their team. Yeah, like, so are you more likely to roster? I would even go, like, a step below those players. Like, you know, maybe in the Traylon Burks, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk range. 
Would you rather roster like those type of players or like an older established running back who you know is very likely to be, you know, good for this upcoming season and maybe a season beyond that? I would or, rather or a wide receiver. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a running back. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I'd rather roster someone like Austin Eckler instead of Jerry Judy. Like, Jerry Judy's 24, 25 years old and probably has five years of production. But that five years of production, you know, that season next year, if Austin Eckler finishes as a running back three and you win a championship, that's far more valuable than any five years worth of production Jerry Judy's going to give you. Um, and there'll be teams out there that'll happily, you know, get, get off the aging running back. But, you know, you can't. Championships are forever, aren't they, Andrew? Oh yeah, they are. Um, I'm just gonna jump in, boys. Just uh, I've got some some players that are breaking the twitters. Uh, I had a few down, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say two. Um, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, what what do we think? Where do you think they land? And are we interested in dynasty, or you just don't want anything to do with these two? Let's start with you, Frank. Okay. Um, I have no idea where Dalvin Cook is going to land. Um, it could be the Miami Dolphins. That'd be nice for fantasy. Terrible for Joel and Andrew's Devon A-chain stonks. Um, but yeah, I really don't know where Dalvin Cook is going to land. There's a lot of free agent running backs and not a lot of very good landing spots. Um, I think that's something that's coming, you know, very clear. Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, a lot of these aging running backs still haven't found a home. And there's not that many natural fits where you get excited about their fantasy outlooks um, for those players. And DeAndre Hopkins, I'm I'm in on DeAndre Hopkins. Like I, I I'm no user just going to go. Well, you own him in our dynasty league, and you are a homer and all this sort of shit. But DeAndre Hopkins is still good. He was still, I believe, some of the analytics had him as like the number one separator in man coverage last season. Um, even with you know, Kyle Murray not being the most efficient passing quarterback last year. I'm not saying he's going to be going to a very good um, situation. It looks as though it's going to be either Tennessee or the New England Patriots. But regardless of the landing spot, the target volume DeAndre Hopkins is going to get is going to be phenomenal. He's going to get 25 plus percent of the, um, 25 percent plus of the targets at either location, um, and he's shown he's still, you know borderline an elite wide receiver on the field when he plays. So I'm not worried about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's only shown two years ago, he's two years removed from those hamstring injuries. And then he's also, you know, had the suspension last year, but was healthy for the rest of the season. So DeAndre Hopkins does scare me. I'm excited to have him on my dynasty team this year. I just asked a question because, well, Joel, I'll start with you. Do you think there's a bit of a discount on these two just because they haven't found a landing spot yet? Or do you, well, personally, do you want anything to do with them? Or are you a bit like Frank and wanting to buy the dip if there is a discount on these two? I feel like there's a lot of downside with the Dalvin Cook landing spot and a lot of upside with the DeAndre Hopkins landing spot. Um, Feels like Hopkins... I don't know. If he's chasing a bag, he might go to a, you know, desperate team for a wide receiver like a Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots type where his value is going to be sunk. But then there's also the potential of a, you know, a reuniting with him and Deshaun Watson, Chiefs, Bills, 
Um, obviously, some sexy landing spots. And I don't know where Dalvin Cook goes. I'm the same. He literally could go to any of half the league and I would not be surprised at all. So I don't know whether I'm looking to acquire these players. Maybe you could get a discount on them if managers are scared. Frank, what would you be willing to, you know, trade straight up Dalvin Cook, Hopkins for one of them? What what are you looking at? I'm probably better equipped to answer the question regarding DeAndre Hopkins because I actually own a share. I don't actually have any shares of Dalvin Cook. Um, but yeah, like a second round pick is probably the right value, like an early second. Like, mind you, we play in an eight person league. Um, you know, if there's a 12 team, second round picks probably not enough to prior DeAndre Hopkins away from a competing team. Um, but yeah, maybe a second round pick in next year's draft. If I figured it was going to be relatively early. Um, and no one's going to give you a first. So you sort of just sat there holding him. Um, if someone's willing to give you like a younger, like a younger, more exciting player, like one of these, you know, no one's going to give you one of these first round wide receivers that have just gone. I'm trying to think of names, like someone's in on Elijah Moore possibly, but even that's not that exciting. I just, there's not really many natural fits. Um, when it comes to trading DeAndre Hopkins, um, and Delvin Cook, um, I think as a, it's just the running back factor, to be honest, because you you figure if DeAndre Hopkins finds a good home and gets a three year deal, you know that three year deal, the really only two year deals, but you figure you're gonna get two years of production with Delvin Cook. I think you can probably only bank on getting one, and you don't even know if it's gonna be a good production year. Um, you know, if you can get a second round pick for, the, for Dalvin Cook right now, you'd probably take it. Am I wrong in saying that, Joel? You're, you're sitting here with him on your roster right now. Yeah. Um, look, I traded for Dalvin Cook and Madison. Um, so, like, obviously him leaving is not the worst thing in the world, but obviously for just the Dalvin Cook share, him staying was better um, I think a second is probably yeah. Like I, a I would second. take it in our league. I would take it in a normal twelve man league. Look, if my team wasn't very equipped to compete for a title, it's a trade I would take. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting discussion about these two, Frank. Um, yeah, if you want to get stuck into those trades, we can. Yeah, let's hook in. Alrighty. This one here, you you love this job. It's got a couple of, you know, maybe a former player of yours and a current player of yours on either side of this trade. It's a good one. Um, what would you guys think of Traylon Burks, Najee Harris, a twenty twenty four second? Sorry, and I should also say let's assume Superflex twelve team, um, you know, start ten. It's a pretty regulation sort of league, not nothing too shallow, nothing too deep. Pretty run of the mill super flex dynasty league. Um, so it was sorry, Traylon Burks, Najee Harris, twenty twenty four second for Devontae Smith and Ramondre Stevenson. What side of the trade would you boys like to be on? Um I like Smitty, but I'm not in love with Ramondre. I think Najee's kind of undervalued, like low key. Um, same with Burks. I think it's a pretty even deal. Um, 
I think I lean the Devontae Smith side, but yeah, I'm not um I'm not throwing chairs and saying someone got robbed here. Um, Joel, what about you? Yeah, agree. No one's getting hard done by in this trade. Uh, I lean the Devontae Smith, Ramondre Stevenson side. I think both of them have a very, very good chance of being the best two players that are in the deal. And, you know, the second round pick isn't really moving too much of a needle. So I would I would acquire or take the Devonta Smith Stevenson side here, Frank. So I, do, I would too, just, yeah, for, does, just for the record. Does this person just think I'm gonna move down a tier with Ramondre to Najee because they think they're similar and then like the same thing with Smith to Burks, but then just get a second on top? Like is that is that what you think this person's thinking, Frank? I think the person's banking on getting an extra two years out of Najee than he is out of Ramondre Stevenson. And that Burks and Smitty are closer together than what the community has them right now. Because Smitty's going as a what, wide receiver 12 off the board, I would say. I don't, don't hold me to that. Um, but I'd say you're around that mark. And, you know, Traylon Burks probably going somewhere around the wide receiver 24. They're probably banking on Traylon Burks, you know, putting up a wide receiver 20 year or wide receiver 17, 18, whatever it might be, pushing himself up to that like wide receiver 15, 16 range and, and Smitty, you know, finishing at the wide receiver 15, 16 eight, this year and then going back to wide receiver 15, 16 in Dynasty. So you're getting a, almost getting a very similar asset and then getting two years in the second um, of production in Najee Harris. I think that's what they're going for. Whether in reality that actually happens because Devontae Smith is a heck of a player and I actually think Ramondre Stevenson is in a really good position in New England to finish as a, you know, definitely a top 10 running back. He finishes like the running back seven last year after splitting so much time with Damien Harris. So I do lean the Devontae Smith and Ramondre side like you guys do. Yeah, I think the gap between Smith to Burks is just a bit a bit much. I do like um, Burks as a player, but just his situation isn't, isn't really great. But... Um, do you like Najee, Joel? I think Najee is in really good situation to bounce back. I don't think he's ever going to hit the highs of his rookie year. Um, also think Jalen Warren may eat into a little bit more of Najee's work than what some people may tend to believe. Um, I think what the person was thinking was, Burks and the second for Smith and then trading Najee straight up for Ramondre. Um, but I just like Ramondre better than Najee. So that's where I would lean on the deal. I think Ramondre is in a really good spot to get a lot of the work this year. Um, and New England can't be any worse as an offense. But in regards to Najee, I don't hate Najee. I think he's fine. He's, you know, a really good player to have on any sort of roster. He's probably got at least another this year and one more left as far as being a really good producer for a team. Um, while also, you know, having the capabilities of getting goal line, catching passes um, and being, you know, a running back that can handle a 300 carry workload if asked to do so. And Kenny Pickett's a beast, isn't he, Frank? Let's hear that next one. No, he's he's not a beast. Um, this one's actually got a bit of Andrew areas about it. So we've got someone here that has acquired, so you know, looking like 
competitive team if they've acquired none other than Devontae Adams. And they've sent away Debo Samuel, a 2023 fourth. Gee, I can't believe I read that out. Um, a 2024 third, again, can't believe I read that out, and a 2025 second. Is that enough to go from Devontae Adams to Debo Samuel? Or do you see it as this player thinks I'm getting three more years of production? That's how I'm seeing it. I, I personally much rather be on the Devontae Adams side just because I know what I'm going to get this year and next year. So the picks were a fourth, a third, and a f- Yeah. The fourth, a third, and a second. Yeah, gee. Um, it's a 25 second, so it's not even like a... Yeah, the picks don't really do much. So it's, I think it's literally, do you like Adams or Debo more? And if you're if you're a competing team in the next few years, I think it's Adams. I think you like Adams regardless whether you... The, just the value on Devontae Adams at, you know, this stage is significantly higher than Debo Samuels, who really has only had one season when he was truly a really difference-making fantasy asset. So um, I know Adams' situations continually got worse and worse since he left Green Bay. Um, Worser, nice. Yeah, it's good English. But he has shown no sign of, um, you know, stopping, of slowing down, of being a really, you know, top five real-life receiver um, while also being a, you know, top, top five, top ten producer as a fantasy scorer at the wide receiver position. I think Debo's secretly getting disrespected in the community, though. I think he's overrated. Yeah, right. He's not that much better than, like, a DJ Moore type. Yes. Kind of see where both of you are coming from. Debo was still really good when he played last year. That's yeah, what I think people are missing. He's still he the man. Didn't. He but... just didn't. I and you got it. You got to discount him because he didn't. Yeah. But obviously, still on the Devonta Adams side. Let's clear that up. Yeah, I think I'm the closest out of everyone. But um, yeah, agree. Move on. Move on. All righty. This is a goodie. You love Joe Mixon, don't you, Joel? You're his biggest fan. You actually think he's a fantastic player. And um, we have Joe Mixon and DJ Moore. And a 2024 second acquired for the 201 this year, and a the and a 2024 first. So I we don't have any context about where that 2024 first lies. Let's assume that it's a mid first. What what do we think? Do we like the acquisition of DJ Moore and Joe Mixon and the 24 first, and then for the second and the first on the other side? I think the key is. Do you like Joe Mixon? And I personally don't. So I think I'd take the first, but I don't know. You like Mixon, don't you, Frank? So where where did you sit on this? Yeah, this is an interesting one because those 24 firsts, like I, I started like I started the episode, they're really hard to get a hold of now. Um, and they're going to continue to be really hard to get a hold of um, during the season. If you're you're sending away a first and a second to acquire Joe Mixon and DJ Moore, you're obviously trying to win. And I get that DJ Moore's a good player and he's the undisputed number one. And, you know, everyone wants to say he's going to unlock Justin Fields as a passer. I think he's going to get his targets because he's undisputed number one wide receiver there. 
what's the realistic upside for DJ Moore? And what's the realistic upside for uh, Joe Mixon at this stage of his career? I mean, I think he's going to put up another good season. Um, I do. I am hoping for that, mind you. Bit of context. Um, but I think if you're t- if you're trading away Joe Mixon and DJ Moore, you're getting them off your team. You're doing a little bit of a sort of reset of your lineup of what you know. DJ Moore and Joe Mixon probably spent a lot of time in your lineup over the last two or three years. And getting a 24 first, you're getting a second this year, you're able to add another young piece. I think you feel good about it. Value-wise, you probably the players probably do lean the players because like the 201 and a 24 second are similar. Obviously, 201 this year is worth more than a random 24 next year. Joe Mixon, you're getting as well. You're paying a first for DJ Moore, probably fair value. Um, but I think the person who gets the 24 first feels better about the deal. And at the end of the day, it's really all that matters, doesn't it? Yeah, end of the day, it's all going to depend where that 24 first ends up being. You could um, make an absolute, you know, you could rob this person blind if that's a top four pick. Um, or if it becomes like a, you know, a back end first, it's not as exciting. Um I feel like team two, or the you know the person who gets the first has all the upside of the trade, um, without a lot of the downside with you know DJ Moore maybe struggling, um, and Joe Mixon obviously being older, and the two hundred one like you know um uh, who are we looking at the two hundred one that's maybe like a Zach Charbonnet, uh, um, a Devon A Chain. Um, Mingo mania. Yeah, if if you're in the Mingo mania, maybe. But I feel like the randomness of the two hundred one can also be, you know, used as a bit of a more of a trading piece than a Joe Mixon or a DJ Moore, who sort of just like they are what they are. Maybe you could move the two hundred one, stay liquid, and potentially do something else with that. Yeah, like there's very few teams that will ever take on Joe Mixon this point and even there's are starting to get to the point where there's probably a few teams that take on DJ Moore um, not to say that he's old or anything like that but it's, certain teams have got to have a fit that's 201 and anyone would take on a pick so if you're, you're trying to move pieces around they are a bit more liquid so yeah I'm, I'm on the package side the next one we've got here we have Christian Watson Dak Prescott Brandon Cooks Luke Musgrave Tucker Craft so you got the two Green Bay rookie tight ends. I mean, I don't know if they, they're not moving the needle much. Um, for package two, which is Tyreek Hill, George Pickens, and a 24 first. So obviously super flex. You're getting Dak Prescott. You're getting the quarterback. You're getting Christian Watson, young wide receiver. Brandon Cooks, you're giving that, you know, it could be a flex play, especially with Dak as your quarterback. It would be a nice stack you got there. Um, the tight ends aren't really doing much, but you're getting Tyreek, Pickens, and a 24 first. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's um, uh, I think it's, I think it's uh Hill and Pickens, but I don't love Pickens. But the the first is really enticing. But then you get Dak. I think it's uh, I think it's the Tyreek and first side, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of shit on the other side. It's just interesting trading a quarterback and then not getting one back on the other end makes this deal, yeah, really interesting. Like, obviously, to trade away Dak Prescott, 
and not get a quarterback in return of any kind has to hurt a person's roster. Um, yeah, if, but if they can't Tyreek Hill, so it makes me think that they, they still have quarterbacks. And oh, obviously, yeah. this would be much easier if we had context. Like if he was sitting there with Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, he had Dak as his QB three, then we're, that's smash. Yeah, exactly. Smash yeah, Tyreek against yeah. twenty four. Yeah, I think that's everything. If he's if he's set at quarterback, then it's a win. So, but um, regardless, do you two still like that side, the Tyreek Hill side? I I do like Tyreek Hill side. Um, I'm gonna I'm sort of the thinking. I'm gonna assume that it's the competing team that has quarterback help, or you wouldn't be getting Tyreek Hill. Um, but you you got to think of it this way: like, would you like Pickens in a twenty-four first to get your Dak? It's probably fair value, especially in a super flex league, um, especially with us not being the biggest George Pickens fans. I think he's okay. Um, and then Christian Watson and Scraps for Tyreek Hill is a smash Tyreek Hill. So give me Tyreek. Yep. All right. Do you want to move on to the next one? No yep. comment, Joel. Yeah, I'd, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. No real input. Yeah, actually, I should have known that. If uh, he didn't agree with something, he wouldn't have been able to shut up. He would have been into me. Um, next one up, Marky Mark Andrews and AJ Brown plus their twenty twenty five second. It's a lot of Joel A more areas about this one. Um, for Michael Pittman, Ramondre Stevenson, twenty twenty five first. 2024 first, Nico Collins, Greg Dulcich, and a 2024 second. Can you repeat the second one again? Sorry. Yeah, you really make me work hard here, boys. Ramondre um, Stevenson. Ramondre, Michael Pittman. 24 first, 25 first, plus Nico Collins. Greg Dulcich and a twenty twenty four second. Dulcich and a twenty four second. So there's a fair bit of like junk thrown in on the end there. Twenty twenty four. So although the twenty twenty four seconds not awful. Well, um, AJ Brown and Mark Andrews are the best two assets in the deal. Yeah, like by a wide margin. Yes. Yeah. Would you give up Steve O Pittman two firsts? And junk for them too, probably. How many, how many more years does Mark Andrews have, and AJ Brown? Like a while. Well, yeah, you're gonna get at least the next three years of production, high level out of both, I'd imagine, especially with their quarterbacks both signing big extensions. This is yeah, this is one of those. If you put it in like a calculator, the like Stevenson Pittman side, the pick side's gonna win. But I think I lean the other way. What what are you Yeah, it's just it's young star power. Um you're obviously just swapping second, so pretty much Romandre, Pittman and the two first in twenty four and twenty five, twenty five first, very long time away. Um, I think in startup value, AJ Brown is what an early second round pick. Mark Andrews is a probably a Mid third round pick, yeah, third fourth round pick. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson's probably like a 
fifth round starter pick, Pittman probably around, round and a half behind him. Um, yeah, I think I'll take the high-end upside of AJ Brown uh, as being the difference maker in this trade. I think he's, you know, levels above Michael Pittman. Plus you get the tight end, you know, um, positional value bonus of, you know, what Mark Andrews can provide. I agree. Um, I think this is what some fantasy managers struggle to do, and that's consolidate a lot of nice pieces into great pieces. And that's exactly what this um, this owner's done. They've gotten gone and gotten the positional advantage in Mark Andrews at the tight end. Um, and then AJ Brown's obviously a stud um, tied to Jalen Hurts for the next, what, however many years they want to keep playing together. They're best buds. Um, and then you get you get off on Ramondre Stevenson, who I think is going to be good this year, but is a running back, um, is approaching, you know, second contract. They, they fall off pretty quickly. Michael Pittman, the epitome of average, will be the wide receiver 18 to 15 for the rest of his career. Um, does nothing for me. Um, the first of nights, but I don't know why you would be trying to do a deal like this and you're getting Ramondre in return. Like you just, you're not really, you're not getting much younger, um, based on the trades you've just made. So give me the start. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Frank. Oh, the next one. This is a uh, AJ Brown making a few appearances in uh, this episode. AJ Brown acquired for your boy Joe Drake London. And the 107 in the rookie draft. What do we think? That's a uh, that's a tasty trade. Where does everyone stand on Drake London? Let's let's start there. And then what the 107 would be like a QJ? Yeah, like I'd say QJ. Yeah, I think it's a QJ Jordan Addison or you know, it's a QJ or Jordan Addison. So that plus London for Brown. I still lean the AJ Brown side. I think he is significantly better production wise um than Drake London. Um and just having the, you know, the upside of being a top top three, top four, um, having a top four, three wide receiver on your team is worth more than, you know, losing the one oh seven who, you know, Maybe like, you know, a Traylon Burks type who doesn't exactly move a needle um, for your team. I tend to agree. I think Drake London's supremely talented, but he's like, realistically, like, what, how are they going to improve the quarterback position to the point where a 30% target share, which is like what he got last season, is actually going to be worth anything? They've just gone and invested an incredibly high pick on B. John Robinson. They've shown no commitment to pursuing any of the available quarterbacks. Like, I don't know, Lamar Jackson was there for the taking for two first-round picks, and they still didn't go and get Lamar Jackson. So why am I to believe that they're going to then pair Drake London with an elite quarterback to give him exactly what he needs to be an elite fantasy wide receiver? So give me A.J. Brown, Joel. We are on the same page. I think the Falcons might just run it every down. What do you think? Exactly. 100%. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, big AJ oh. Brown podcast. Let's move on. I know. Apparently. This next one. This is pretty much just a Christian Watson price check as far as I'm concerned. Because um, Alex, Alec, not even, might as well call him Alex Pierce. Not even Alec Pierce. He doesn't deserve the respect. Um, but we got Alec Pierce and Christian Watson for a 2024 mid first is what it was described as. What do we think? What are we doing? Because it, Christian Watson was traded in our league for, I'd say, roughly that without all the mumbo jumbo around it. When uh, Dylan got a hold of him in the end. I mean, if you're a good team and you think the first is going to be, you know, pick eight, nine, ten, I could do it. But it's yeah, just do you believe in Christian Watson? Without Rogers, I'm not sure I do. Yeah, I think I would take the mid first. Um, like for example, we go off like this year. Are you trading like you know? There was a clear like one hundred five, one hundred six piece that would be better than Christian Watson, and Christian Watson, you know, performed as good as you could expect from you know a second round rookie rookie wide receiver um think there is like a, a fair bit of downside and like yes he has the upside to maybe reach a tier above and get into that sort of Drake London Chris Olave um bracket of player but he I would think, have to be really good yeah he'd have to be really good and you know the first the mid first that you're going to get has the you know obviously that has upside and downside but if we are saying mid, we really are limiting our downside to sort of that, you know, 106 range. Um, and at worst, I think you're just <clears throat> liquidating um, Christian Watson to uh, anything um, while also having the upside of, you know, walking into something that could be much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting at the point where I'd rather the first at this stage where you don't know what that 2024 first is going to look like. Like there's a long time between now and mid-season where a team that thought they were going to win it all has just blown it up and you own their 24 first. And all of a sudden you're looking at the 102 instead of the 106. Um, but if, you know, like like Andy said, if you know you're going to be good, I don't mind trading a late first for someone like that. A couple of years ago, I traded the, ended up being, I believe it was the 111. It was a pick I picked up from another team. Um, I traded that pick for Hollywood Brown in my other league. And obviously injuries last season kind of derailed that. But the start of last season, after I'd already acquired him for what was the 111, I believe it ended up being James Cook a couple of years ago. Um, I was stoked when I got Hollywood Brown for that price. So it just becomes sort of, if you know it's going to be a late first, I don't mind trading for that tier of wide receiver. Sort of that Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk sort of tier. Um, I'm happy to do that if you know it's going to be like beyond 109, let's say. And maybe he's an Alec Pierce truther, Frank. You don't know. Maybe he loves him. Maybe he thinks he's going to be good just because you Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That was the needle mover. Exactly. All right. Um. Yeah. Good discussion. Move on. Ooh. I, do you guys love a tight end trade? How good is this? This is, hard, uh, tight end, yeah. this is tight end premium as well. They've mentioned in the description here, 1.5. Pretty standard tight end premium, actually. Um, You're getting 
Kyle Pitts. Oh. So, you know, tight end one, dare I say. Is he? Nah, tight end two, three. Is he? Four, who knows? Um, But you are trading the other side of the trade is George Kittle, the 107, and the 203. What do you think, guys? Give me the other side. Do you want Kittle? Do you want the package? Yeah, I don't believe in Pitts. Like, I don't. He's off him. Well, if you're off Drake London, how can you be in on Pitts? Tell me. Tell him. Joel, tell him. Oh, I'm not a huge Kyle Pitts guy, but the public, they love Kyle Pitts. Um, look, for the 107 this year and a 203 this year, I kind of can see why you would move Kyle Pitts. Like, Kyle Pitts himself was worth, like, what, a 104. Um, and I think we can safely assume he hasn't particularly lived up to to that. Um, and you obviously get the 107, a 203, and you only slightly downed here for the next season, at least with George Kittle. Um I kind of like you got. Sorry, go for it. I like the package. I think I don't. I'd like the what you can do with the package. Yeah. So what I was about to say was, what if I told you you got Kittle and then you went at the one hundred and seven, you got Addison? Because I know that Andrew and I, we actually both really like Addison just quietly. Um, and at the two hundred and three, you got I don't know Michael Mayer. You you double tap. You got a tight tight end, young tight end back. Do you feel better about that? Or, I don't know, I would probably prefer to go running back at that point in the draft. But let's just say you were scared about the longevity of your tight end position. You're able to get Michael Mayer um, there. Does that make you feel better about the deal? Not really. It's just having the pick there. Once you're on the clock, you can obviously do whatever you want with the pick. And people seem to love being on the clock. So player or pick, it doesn't particularly bother me who you get at the 203 or what you want to do with the 203. I just feel what you can, what you can actually acquire with the 203 um, plus the 107 plus George Kittle gives you enough to make up with what you lose from Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Let's so Kittle's 30. Like well, he will be 30 when the season starts. Does he have one year left or two? Well, anyway, does it, would it shock you if Kittle outscores Pitts this year? Wouldn't no. shock me, no. No, not really. Yeah. So if you're if you're um I, I mean I'm biased, I just hate Kyle Pitts, but yeah, give me the package, Frank. Imagine if you owned Kyle Pitts anywhere, Andrew, how much you would hate him. You don't even own him anywhere. Yeah, but I just hate how much love he gets and he's done fuck all. <laughs> like what's he done? Like Burjo and me will get arguments in the chat, like he was a good college player. Yeah. But what has he done, Frank? Tell me. I can't. I can't tell you. I literally have nothing. I mean, he to... had a good rookie year, just didn't catch any touchdowns. But, like, there's always something with him. There is always something with Kyle Pitts. I will cop that. Well, it's not like finishing as a top three tight end means you catch 10 touchdowns. Like, that's never changed. So, yeah, like, Kyle Pitts, agree with Andrew. Kyle Pitts could be the tight end six, but what's the tight end six? Like, what does that really do for you? Oh. Absolutely nothing. You could stream that half weeks. Anyway, Frank. And you, you, 
you're looking like a genius when George Kittle goes for 200 yards and two touchdowns that one week and you yeah. win your matchup. Like, you look like a weapon. He does tend to do that, doesn't he? But, um, yeah, yeah Kittle and Addison just for pits is something I would do, honestly. Anyway, move on. Whoa, hot take. All right, next one. This is this is a goodie. We've got Saquon Barkley, C.D. Lamb, and the 108. Gee. For, for Bijan Robinson and Drake London. Fuck. Joel, you have them. I think I have every single person you just mentioned. You don't have Saquon Barkley, buddy. Would you give I up? I have everyone else, though. Would you give up Bijan and Drake London for Saquon, CeeDee Lamb and the 108? Um, gee, Bijan's exciting, isn't he? Um, CD Lamb's pretty good. CD Lamb is good. Oh God, um, that's tough. That is really tough. Um, this so you get yeah. two Atlanta Falcons. Does that come into play? What you were saying before, Joel, the risky assets. Is Bijan riskier than CD Lamp? I don't think Bijan's necessarily a risky asset, but I think Drake London is more of a risky asset than like a Saquon Barkley or a CD Lamp, who you know what you're going to get with them. Plus, you get the first. I think I'm going to take the top. I'm going to take Barkley Lamb in the 108. I don't know if I'm in love with Barkley Lamb in the 108, but it's the side I'm going to take. Andrew, what do you think? Frank, offer Joel this deal. You've got Saquon and Waddle and someone else. Yeah, but Lamb's better than Waddle. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested. Is Bijan Robinson a gettable asset, Joel? That's, That's the question I want to know. Oh, look, well, for a top four wide receiver, a slight downgrade at running back for at least one or two years, plus the 2023-108, say, Quinton Johnston, um, he may be attainable, yeah. Okay, interesting. You know who's Very not attainable? Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah, I have him. How exciting, Frank. Yeah, I know. Why don't you trade him? You said he's gonna die on your roster. I'm so that's actually upsetting. You shouldn't lock away players. Yeah, but I used to hate him, but I love him now. I can't wait for the gritties. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> Fair enough. Alrighty, we are up to believe it or not, our last trade of the evening. We have T Higgins and a mid twenty four first. So you don't really know where that one's going to be. Um, and then the other side is getting Austin Eckler, Michael Pittman, and J-Mo. That's a tough, tough deal. I'm genuinely struggling to pick a side here. I kind of want to be talked into either side. If either one of you have a strong take on that. Uh, I like the Higgins side. Like by a long way? I just... I'm. We've had Michael Pittman trades a fair bit in here. I'm not in on Michael Pittman. Um, For me, this is like a... The trade reads as like T. Higgins for Pittman and 
Jamo. Jamo, and then I get a first for Eckler, and I'm getting out at like the perfect time. And I like Higgins over the Pittman and Jamo side. Oh yeah, maybe it's Higgins for Eckler and. Oh, I don't know. This is the... I just think T Higgins is significantly better than Pittman and J-Mo. And then I also get the first, which is, you know, I can do whatever I want with it. It's liquid. Could be good. Um, You know, are the best two assets Higgins in the first? Yeah, probably. Um, it's yeah, just... J-Mo just keeps doing stupid, stupid things. Things. Like I thought he's like, yeah. I think he's good, but oh, it just hurts. But JMO could be like really good, but he could also be like Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I remember that guy. What a loser! Like, no, shout out Henry Ruggs. Hope you're doing well. But like, <laughs> I don't. I don't hope he's doing well. <laughs> Um, Pittman and Jamo are kind of like, I mean, and Eckler, I guess, are kind of assets you don't know what to do with. And I guess if you can get T Higgins in at first for him, I'm probably tapping the accept button just to get out from him because yeah, it's well, you might be losing in value. You're getting in like clarity and direction yeah. for your and, team, and like a good night's sleep knowing you have some some good players. You know, Frank, like. Can't put a number on a good night's sleep. Exactly. Um, no, it is definitely something to think about, but I think I'm with Joel and I would take just the the clarity of T Higgins and uh, that first. And hopefully it's a good first. That that would make this trade really, really good. But, um, yeah, you have any hot takes on this trade, Frank? I don't. That's what I was saying. I'm really struggling with it, like, yeah, I just don't – I couldn't see myself paying up for Eckler, Pittman, and Jamo, And, like, I don't think my team gets – I guess, I suppose your lineup gets better if you get, add you add Eckler, Pittman. Like, your lineup gets better than just T. Higgins. And then Jameson Williams could be something. You're just playing with fire. Like, if Jamo so like... doesn't hit, and a year from now, you're literally just left with Michael Pittman on your team, and the other guy's got T. Higgins and a 24 first a year from now. Yeah, that... A year from now, you're sitting at bust Jamison Williams, mid Michael Pittman, and Austin Eckler is too old. That goes bad really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you've you've uh, convinced me on this being Higgins by a long way, because that's actually a realistic... Yeah. You're an Austin Eckler hamstring injury away from... Just getting absolutely fucked in this trade. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but if he's a running back two and you win the league, like, oh, it's just shock. I hate playing like this. Yeah. I think we just got a wicket. There's always one guy in a league that does it and then they end up winning. It's just awful. It's usually Dylan Lawrence. Exactly. Like when he had Leonard Fournette that one year. God, that was cringe. No, he he does crazy trades all the time. Everyone abuses him and somehow it works. And it's like, what the fuck? Like it's just That's why I'm scared. I've done a heap of trades with him this offseason. I'm fucking petrified. Yeah. What a guy though. Did you win Monday Night Lotto, Joel? I didn't win Monday Night Lotto, no. Ah. 
That's disappointing. Yeah, you know who did win, though? The Eagles basketball team last night. God, we were good, Joel. How'd you go? 25-point winners. We can't be beat. We can't, like, literally, we're unstoppable. Beat the team last week by 30. On a personal level, how'd you go? Uh, I actually didn't have a... I played well. The shots just weren't falling, believe it or not. Um, shot the ball well, felt good. Just didn't go, just didn't go down. Normally, if I miss, like I miss, these were just rattling around the rim, in and out. No good. Bad got my points there. I got five. I got five in the end. Got to the bucket a couple times. That was fine. Contributed. Played good yeah. defense. No, no, I probably didn't. I probably didn't play good defense to be honest. They were like big Islander guys. They were throwing me around. What um. What NBA player do you liken yourself to, Frank? Like a Max Struess or like a Duncan Robinson? No, I'm more like a Tyler Hero, but like not good. It's like I like the ball in me. I like the ball in me hands, but gee, I'm not doing much with it. I don't know why I was. We've well, been watching a lot of Miami, Miami Heat. Heat. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, it's been it's been on TV. It's been in your face. You like a you're hustling like Dally. Remember Dally? He was great. Nah, I I don't do that. I'm not I'm not good enough to be not hustling on defense too. It's terrible. You'd hate playing with me. Mm. No, but anyway, Frank, thanks for the lovely trades. Really proud of you for doing this. Um, because I didn't yeah, have to do any it. prep. It was great. Hopefully, it gets the listeners. I don't know price check on a few players. Um, that they may have and who they may be able to acquire if they were, you know, playing in a league with. People like us who love fantasy, loves dynasty, and you know they might be able to move some players to players that they you know like or prefer or think who are safer assets. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting off this podcast now and sending Joel an offer for B. John Robinson. So I uh, have a lovely night, listeners, and don't feel uh, uh, what's this saying? Feel free to send me one for Michael Pittman, Frank. You know you want to. No, I I don't. He's awful. <laughs> Anyway, listeners, make sure you're following the podcast on the Twitter at the at the FB Addicts, Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. I will be getting back there with some NFL content, Frank. I've been uh doing my head with Super Coach, but um yeah, make Thanks sure. Right. Yeah, I'll get back into the NFL season. Um yeah, if you like AFL, if you like Super Coach, make sure you check out me, me and Wimbo and Joel sometimes. But um yeah, otherwise, listeners, follow us and um. Yeah, we'll keep these coming weekly. Um, Thanks again, Frank. Any last comments? Take care. Much love.